Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Trevor Kratz, who's the president of Buddy Brands. He's also the president of a couple other companies, Natural Doggy and Buddy Rest. I really love this episode today. We talked a lot about the honest journey of entrepreneurship, how Trevor took an idea and turned it into an amazing organization, and how now it's led to this incredible company known as Buddy Brands, which is doing some incredible work with pets on a day-to-day basis. If you love pets, you're going to love this episode, but more importantly, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to grow your business, you're going to find so many great insights in this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Probably by now you've seen my photo, my professionally done photo of my dog that uh, sits on our mantle. And I'm just kind of, I'm one of those people, you know, I love dogs. I love talking about my dog and I obnoxiously like showing pictures of my dog. Well, of course, this is a business podcast. I can't always talk about my dog, but... I can talk about people who also love dogs and not just love pets, but who've built incredible, sustainable brands around pets. Today, we're sitting down with Trevor Kratz, who he's the founder of Buddy Brands. It's a pet products company that he founded in 2011. He has a couple of really incredible brands through that company. One of them is Buddy Rest, which sells dog beds, as well as Sit Stay, which is a general dog supplies business. He also is the owner of NaturalDoggy.com, a place where naturally derived products can be found for your dogs. And he's also the owner of Compel, a business that essentially helps people buy online. We'll be talking more about that today, and you're going to be able to get some good advice on how to grow your own business in whatever industry you're in. Trevor, it's so great to have you here today. Hey, I super appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, let's get down to the important stuff. Are you a I feel like this is this is a dangerous question because if the answer is no, we're gonna wonder about you. Do you own any pets yourself? Uh, you know, it's a pretty silly question, really. I, I oftentimes I when people ask me if I like dogs, I kind of look at them funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am also a crazy dog, uh, dog lover myself. I, I love when you said you obnoxiously you didn't say obnoxiously, you said something about you I obnoxiously yeah, share. Yeah. Uh, share pictures of your dog with strangers. Uh, I think that's hilarious. Uh, I'm, you know, dog people are coming all shapes and forms and I would be, uh, you know, slightly crazy dog person myself. Uh, you know, I had my dog buddy for the last uh, 15 years who recently passed away last year, but I still have, uh, I have one of my dogs, Roxy still with us and she's getting up there in age too. But, uh, yeah, dogs, uh, dogs are a big part of our lives. They're part of the family and, uh, they're part of the reason why I do what I do. So talk to me a little bit about Buddy Brands. I'd love to hear more about how that came about and really what you do on a day-to-day basis with it. Yeah, sure. So Buddy Brands started uh, as really an idea. Um, you know, we started as uh, as Buddy Rest uh, and 
the whole catalyst for that was, um, you know, go, growing up, I had this little poodle named Coco, who was, who was the family dog. And I absolutely loved this dog. And she lived to be 16. And so when I got older and I was in my 20s, I was looking for a dog, you know, single guy looking for a, a, my own dog. And I wanted a poodle, but I thought maybe a little tiny toy poodle didn't really uh, didn't have the muchismo that I was looking for. So I ended up getting a Labradoodle, which is uh, he, he turned out to be actually a pretty big dog with Labradoodles. You don't necessarily oftentimes know what you're going to get. And he turned out to be pretty big, an 80, 85 pound Labradoodle. Um, and I was really surprised on a routine visit to the vet to discover that big dogs like him weren't actually destined to live very long. And so, you know, when my doctor or when his doctor, uh, the veterinarian told me that he was expected to live to be about 10, I thought, well, how could this be? I, I had a poodle growing up and she lived to 16. And uh, ultimately what we discovered was, or what I discovered was uh, that big dogs like, uh, like Buddy just don't live that long. Um, and the reason is, is, is they're euthanized uh, disproportionately because of painful joint problems. Big dogs are just more prone to having hip dysplasia and joint problems, and they, have, they suffer uh, from quality of life issues uh, much earlier. Uh, and so at the time I discovered all this, uh, I was working in the mattress industry, and so I'd seen firsthand how the right support system had really made a difference in the lives of, of people, uh, and, it, and it got me thinking. So I started looking around there, and there was really nothing out there that would be what I would consider to be a supportive memory foam or orthopedic dog bed on the market. And so uh, since there's nothing out there, we decided to create it. Me and my friend Jordan, who I, I brought in in the early days, um, took the same science from the mattress industry and crossed it over into pets. And that's how we got started. We started with Buddy Rest, the world's best dog beds. So just just thinking about like, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast too. They're entrepreneurs, they're um, maybe even new business owners. Maybe they've been working in their business for a while. I'm curious, and you've kind of just alluded to it already, you know, as you were thinking about this business idea, what caused you to actually say with your partner, yeah, we're going to, we're going to start this rather than, I mean, surely at the time you thought you could just find a really quality bed for your dog. What was it that was in your mind that made you think, okay, no, what's out there isn't good enough. We need to create something of ourselves to um, help, help buddy essentially. Well, you know, it was the, it was a combination of things. First off, as uh, as most things are, really, it's not just a simple cut cut and dry black and white answer. But part of it was I've had that entrepreneurial itch inside of me of just wanting to do something uh, greater and bigger, and wanting to live a life of significance that made that made a difference and make an impact. And that's just kind of hard to do sometimes when you're stuck in a corporate world. And I think probably a lot of your listeners are probably can relate to that. And so for me. I was probably I was looking for something. Uh, it wasn't just it, I wasn't just looking for a product to uh, to do something proactive for my dog and the millions of dogs out there destined to suffer from joint problems. Uh, that was absolutely part of it. But I was also looking at starting a business and creating a vehicle. You know, for me, I was working in the mattress industry and I had pioneered a way to uh, you know what I would what I would say sell the not the mattress. You don't sell a mattress how it feels when you walk into a mattress store and lay on it for two or three minutes. You sell them how they're going to feel when they wake up in the morning, what a good night's sleep is going to do to their attitude and their mental acuity, their ability to attack the day with positive energy. And uh, I was looking for a way that I could take that same opportunity and, and cross it over into pets with, with the same philosophies is how do we get people 
to look at dog beds as not just a disposable thing that they they buy once, wash a couple of times, and throw away, but something that's going to be a long term part of the uh, you know part of the home decor, and something that's going to be more importantly something that's better for the health of their animal, not just something about comfort that they can lay on, but something that's comfortable, supportive will help uh, relieve and alleviate pain as they get older. And that's really the catalyst for Buddy Rest is it allowed me to uh, create something uh, which is a, a business that also I can feel incredibly good about with the impact that we make in the world. And that's really, I think, how we got going. So talk to me a little bit about the journey. I mean, so you have this business idea, you start the business. You know, many of us can all relate to, um, I guess, the journey of entrepreneurship where it's there's a bit of an agonizing pain to it of this is really hard. This is really challenging to actually run this business. Uh, I know Buddy Brands just won a uh, the Brand of the Year Award. You've built something that's really meaningful and pretty incredible. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that journey. I mean, how does it feel in hindsight to be able to say, yeah, we have something that people people actually like. They want to buy from us. Like, this is pretty cool. I mean... I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, hindsight, it, it, uh, it was definitely a really, really tough climb. And, and we're still, you know, we still have our challenges we face on a daily basis. But it was really difficult in the beginning. I always like to tell people how we got started was, you know, we made a prototype. So I had an upholstery company uh, that was doing like car upholstery. They sewed this cover for us that I designed. And then we chopped down a, a human mattress into uh, into a couple of different sections and we created a bed and we ended up taking it to this dog show that was locally here in Kansas uh, that was outside. It was like this outdoor gathering of dog people. And we had, we had hired a freelancer off of, I think, Elance at the time. I think now it's called Upwork. Um, <laughs> and uh, we got a website built in Joomla, which is which was a mistake back then. But um, the funny thing is, is here we are at the pet show with this big banner of our website, www.thebuddyrest.com, because somebody was squatting on our URL at the time. Um, and uh, we had one product. We didn't have anything to sell. We didn't really know what price it was. We just knew it was going to be expensive because it was, it was a, a high dollar product. And then our website wasn't even working because our freelancer stopped, uh, stopped uh, responding to us before the show. So it was an absolute mess. I always like to tell people that, um, you know, no, everybody wanted to buy, it was people that wanted to buy them and, and there's nowhere to go. There's no website to go to. There's no products to sell. But what we did get from that is incredibly important. We got validation that uh, the people did, they were into what we were doing. Dog people liked it. It resonated with them. And so, you know, even though I'd heard a lot of people tell me no one's going to spend 50 or 100, $150 on a dog bed, um, I heard it from dog people from their mouth that, yeah, this is something that I'm interested in and where can I buy it? And so that gave us the, that gave us the, uh, the validation to move forward. So we got our website working and we created, uh, we built some stock and we, we built a couple more products and we made a couple of more sales and then a couple more, and then we bootstrapped it. And I really dug, uh, deep into Google AdWords and I learned how to do the AdWords and, um, and up my skills there. And so from there, it kind of just started rolling. We, we, we went to a trade show and uh, we got into some awesome uh, products. We got into the Sky Mall catalog, which was a big break for us. We won a national shopping television. Um, and uh, it just kind of went from there. It was definitely um, an up and down process. And, and as everything always is, you know, everybody thinks success looks like that, that hockey stick growth when it really is just a long up and down, up and down, slowly over time, you start to accumulate some wins. Uh, but from, from the buddy rest side, we ended up uh, finding ourselves a couple of years in to having a kind of a, a pretty cool little business. And it was, 
uh, something that, that uh, even though it was a cool business, it was a pretty small market, right? It was uh, high-end beds. Um, you know, not everyone was into our, you know, more affordable, higher quality product. And so we started looking at how can we be op opportunistic and how can we grab more market share? So through uh, two different acquisitions over the last several years, we've, we've built or bought our way into different parts of the market. So nowadays, Buddy Brands, is, we started with Buddy Rest, but now we have Buddy Rest, uh, Pup IQ, uh, Natural Doggy, Tough Pup, uh, and SitStay.com. Um, they're all different. They all have a few different things about them. SitStay has actually been around since 1995. So it's the oldest website that's in e-commerce. Uh, one of the oldest websites out there. It's the oldest website selling uh, products online. I, we like to joke is that all of our marketers here are actually at this point quite a bit younger than the website itself uh, <laughs> that, work, that they work on, uh, which is pretty unusual. I mean, that's 10 years before YouTube came out, just to put it in perspective. So we now own that property, and then we also we also have uh, you know all these different product lines. So Natural Dog is all about um, naturally derived products, CBD, coconut oil, uh, salmon oil that's sustainably uh, uh, that's sustainably caught, um, and then we have uh, you know Pup IQ, which is all about intelligently designed products that make life easier. Then we have Tough Pup, which is all about tactically tough products for pets. Uh, but really the synergy between all of our product lines and the reason why we do what we do with this multi-brand approach is pretty simple when you think about it. You know, not all dog people are the same. Uh, and in this day and age, it's important that your, your marketing and, and, your, and your messaging on your site resonates with that particular avatar, that particular customer. And so for us, rather than rolling it all under one unified pet brand, it's important that we have different brands that speak to different folks about different things. And that's really how we got started and, and how we built to where we are today, which is, uh, which is Buddy Brands, a, a collection of solution-based pet products. Everything is geared around solving uh, anxiety, allergies, pain, and mobility. And that's what we focus our energy on. So going back to the, the first part of your story, talking about this validation piece, which I think it's such a great story because the validation was really clear as you were talking about it. But I think a lot of us, we think validation is happening in our business. And yet when it's time to sell, people aren't showing up. You know, the classic example is you're like, yeah, I need to validate this idea. So naturally I go to my mom and I say, Hey mom, what do you think about this product? And she's like, Oh, it's great. I love it. It's so good. But your mom's not your buyer. Right. And so then you get it out there and you're like, well, what the heck? No one wants to buy this. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you have, and maybe it's not so much your take on this, but your advice you'd have for the listeners on knowing who to listen to, to get validation on your product. Because you said to yourself, you had people who were saying, oh, no one's going to spend money on that. No one's going to buy that. But they weren't your target customer. They weren't the people that you ultimately would end up selling to. How does the average business owner really validate their product and listen to the right people when they're trying to sell their product? You know, it's a, that's, it seems to be a kind of a simple question, but I think it's it's pretty complex. You know, there's a lot of layers to that. First off, you have to, you have, to have some self-awareness about who you are and what you're good at and, and when you're building your own product, you know, because um, you have to kind of couple that self-awareness with, with some of that feedback you get from your natural market. That natural market, you know, if I listened to everybody around me that said no one would, no one's going to spend over $100 on a dog bed, uh, I wouldn't have gotten very far. You know, we sell five, six, seven hundred dollar dog beds every single day. You know, right now as we're talking on this podcast, we're selling those beds, so there is a market for it. I would say the biggest validation is uh, is actually you know the, letting the market speak. You know, when somebody is willing to pay you money for your product, then you know you've got something. 
Um, and it takes a lot of reiteration. It takes a lot of, uh, of A-B testing and figuring out is the price point right? Are the features the right thing? Are they solving the right problems? But ultimately the market will tell you whether you have a winner or a loser. And I can tell you that, you know, I know you're, you have the Good Advice podcast. You know, I don't necessarily really like to give advice. I like to share my experience because I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. I mean, I'm, I'm talking a ton of mistakes. And I think if it, people can, can learn anything from my mistakes, I think that there's value there. But, you know, when it comes to validation, you know, we just, we, we just keep getting at bats, shots, shots on goal. That's really what it takes is, 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 you know, there's a lot of ideas that I've had or products I've developed that I thought were going to be, you know, a home run and uh, they end up not being. And, and it's really disappointing when, you know, you think you have lightning in a bottle and people just don't want to buy it or it's the wrong price or whatever. But it's okay because oftentimes, even though we expect to hit it over the fence every single time, uh, you know, sometimes you strike out. Sometimes, you know, sometimes those those singles and doubles are good too. To I, I'm, uh, for anybody who's listening to, to, I hope they don't hate sports analogies. I, I think I just threw three or four <laughs> in there, but uh, you know, those 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 singles or doubles are important too because you can you can nickel and dime your way to success as well. Not everything has to be that that uh, overnight success, that next new product that everybody's going to want in mass retail, um, and so. Letting the market validate it is super important for us. You know, we have a facility here. Uh, you know, everything that we do is made in the United States, which is fantastic. And we have one of the only full cut and sew facilities left in the United States. And we make a ton of different products, not only for ourselves, but we make products for other companies too. And I can tell you that that for us is our tactical advantage is that I can come up with an idea. I can put it with the, the way that the, the website creation and, you know, the way you can, the low entry to market, everything's democratized. So you can actually put the product out there in front of your customers, whether it be on Facebook or on, on your website, and you can ask them what they think. You can pre-sell it. You can, you can ask them about price points. You can get feedback and validation. There's a million ways to do it. But I would say, uh, you know, 45 minutes later to your question, the best way to do it is the people that are going to be uh, paying money, right? Just like you said, those potential buyers are what matters, not necessarily your mom, your dad, your cousin, or your friend. So, you know, make the product, put it out there and let the market tell you whether, whether it's a, it's a win or a loss and go from there. And then regardless of what they tell you, reiterate it, make it, make it better, scrap it, you know, try something else, just keep going. That's really the name of the game. How have you developed thick skin in this game? You know, obviously you're, you're, it seems like you're really open to customer feedback and it feels like a lot of times people avoid that customer feedback process because, they, they don't have thick skin, you know, they're worried about their baby, you know, their product getting totally criticized. You know, you're talking about putting it out there, getting that customer feedback and letting it fuel the iterations of your products. What advice do you have for someone to develop that thick skin and ultimately to stay positive, right? You know, to keep, keep showing up every day. Sure. It's a challenge. I mean, um, entrepreneurship is incredibly hard. I know people say that, but, uh, you know, I actually... I have kind of a unique take on entrepreneurship. Oftentimes, you know, everyone encourages entrepreneurship, which is, is fantastic in many respects. But I actually, I like to encourage entrepreneurship with cautious optimism. Uh, you know, and give you like a quick example of how I feel about it. You know, it's one thing to, to, to let's just say Aunt Betty. You know, Aunt Betty has been making the best apple pies her whole life. And everybody's always told Aunt Betty she should be making apple pies. And so, you know, Aunt Betty finally follows her dream and everybody's pressured her into making these apple pies. Well, you know, two years later, Aunt Betty loses her house because she took out her third mortgage and she absolutely hates making apple pies because that's all she ever does. Uh, and it's just not for her, right? I have seen 
Um, I have seen many, many entrepreneurs come up around me, uh, in front of me and behind me that just don't have the, just don't have the wherewithal. Um, oftentimes the difference between somebody being successful or not is the person that's able to just not quit. The person that's able to keep going, the person that's able to pick themselves off the ground. And so when I, when you say develop thick skin, uh, I don't know how to develop thick skin. It, it, it thickens over time, obviously, but you have to really know yourself and know that if this is the game that you want to get into. In this day and age, people look at entrepreneurship like it's some sort of rock star profession. You know, you have all these this Silicon Valley stuff and the Lamborghinis and, and it's, it's gone so Hollywood. But if you look at the real, uh, the truth behind it, the reality is there's a lot of poverty, sacrifice, there's depression, you know, there's mental health issues around you. You know, I've, I've seen it all and I've, I've, I've seen people go through tailspins and I've seen people even die because of, of, of what entrepreneurship has done to their, their, their life. And so, uh, gosh, I know I took it down a morbid street there, but, you know, if it is for you, then it's spectacular. It opens the door to freedom and, and trust and, and significance and all sorts of amazing opportunities. But uh, you have to be able to be aware that the good and the bad are both in the brochure and you have to know what you sign up for before you get into it. And this is why I just like to say, hey, uh, it's not for everyone. So you got to make sure you understand what you're signing up for. Do you think today's entrepreneur is at a disadvantage in the sense of, you know, we've, you've made a couple of comments about, um, you know, entrepreneurship's portrayed as this very sexy thing. And even on, on social media, and we talk about this almost all the time on the podcast, is how much when you get on social media, it is that highlight reel. People are posting like invoices that they just got paid. You know, someone's posting things like, yeah, just another, you know, six figure month, you know, just like these things that get constantly portrayed as um, very simple and easy success that's sort of overflowing. And it feels like the new entrepreneur or the the small business owner. I just I wonder what it must be like to see those kinds of things, especially it being so different from reality. Um, talk to me a little bit about your take on how social media is affecting the modern day business owner. Um, yeah, you know what? There, there, there's a couple things in there. First off, social media is is not helping with the way it portrays. Race. I think it, I think, like I said, going back to it, it's good to encourage and inspire others to start their own business, but there has to be that, that, that balance of caution. Um, you know, no one's posting the, the shitty days, right? No one's posting the days where they have to go home and tell their wife that they took out a, a second mortgage uh, behind <laughs> her back. Uh, Cause they knew there was no way that she would sign off on it. I didn't do that by the way. Um, no one's <laughs> posting the days when, you know, when they can't afford to pay their employees and, you know, they're feeling the burden of not only their, their family, but their employees' families and how they're going to, how are they going to stay alive and keep people in business and payroll is coming up tomorrow and you don't have the money in the account to do it. You know, people don't post those things on social. So you have to take it with a grain of salt that they're posting their Lambos and whatnot. And, um, that's, that's the after effect. And that's not the, the typical success rate. You know, most businesses fail. I think it's 90 something percent of businesses fail in the first two years. Um, and, uh, so you have to, you have to be prepared for that. You know, on the flip side of that, um, I would say that it's going back to your original question that entrepreneurs in this day and age in 2021 have a massive tactical advantage. So that, so I think from a, uh, you know, from the social media standpoint, I think you make a good point. But never before in history has information been so democratized, has the barrier to enter the market been so low. You know, nowadays, nowadays you, can, you can 
create products. You can have products built online. You can make products overseas. You can you can start your own website in a couple minutes. Um, you know, you have all of the access to the world's information at your fingertips. You know, the difference is, is you know, 50 years ago, they didn't have that. And nowadays, even though we have that, most people spend all their time watching Netflix and, and looking at cat videos, right? Uh, and, and instead of upgrading their skills and learning how they can build towards something. So I think if the, if the young entrepreneur has the right attitude towards it, they absolutely have a massive, massive, massive benefit over any entrepreneur in the history of entrepreneurship. Uh, it's just up to them whether they can see it and utilize it or not. Well, it's great advice. And it reminds me of, you know, with, with we're still in this COVID season and um, as challenging as COVID has been on a multitude of businesses, uh, Simon Sinek put out a video last year that basically said, hey, you know, this this is an opportunity as hard as it is, it's an opportunity to innovate and to, you know, really adjust your product to whatever the, what's happening in the market. And it feels like more and more the people who are able to be agile and innovate, they are the ones who are really at that advantage. So in talking about that, what's what's next for Buddy Brands? How are you guys innovating? You know, what's the next steps for you guys? Um, you know, can we get a little bit of a sneak peek as to, you know, what are you guys working on for the next year or so? Yeah, sure. So I think that's a great, great point. You know, in 2020 being uh, incredibly difficult for a lot of people, uh, for most entrepreneurs, it was okay because entrepreneurs, uh, we are adaptable. That adaptability is probably, I think, one of the top, uh, one of the top two or three, uh, you know, adjectives that you'd want to have. One of the, the characteristics you'd want to have in entrepreneurship is your ability to adapt and evolve. Uh, and so for entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, I've seen so many different opportunities pop up in the last year. That's crazy. And so many new businesses start. We fortunately have been in the pet space and largely an e-commerce direct consumer. And so we were already well positioned for the pandemic and, and we're very fortunate to be in the place that we are. You know, for us, we have to continually evolve our product lines. You know, when we started our business uh, 10 years ago, there was nothing like our product out on the market, for example, on Buddy Rest. Uh, and now, you know, every major mattress company has kind of followed our lead and is now trying to get, you know, create pets, pet beds out of their mattresses. And you've seen um, Amazon, there's, there's direct consumer competition directly from Chinese factories. So there's literally factories building knockoffs of products and then selling them against the people that hire the factories online. And if you go to Amazon, you can see, you know, a lot of different knockoffs of our product in general. Um, and so what we do is we don't try to focus on patents and we don't try to focus on, uh, because to be, just to be blunt, that doesn't bother the, the factories at all. If you have a patent on your product, it's not going to a good part of the world. So what's your, what's the strategy that we use is, is we use our, our, our strengths what's our ability what's our what's our strengths we have a competitive advantage in speed to market we can innovate a product and bring it to market you know uh overnight we have a photography studio in our facility we have a full laboratory we have a full cut and sew facility and so being able to bring product to market allows us to and be a and innovate new products so while everybody else is focused on I think the audio just cut off at the end. Right out there for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you there? Yeah, yeah. So you said you, you had you have the studio, you have the lab. Yeah, can you hear me? Are we back? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So what I was saying was, yeah. So what I was saying, yep. I got you clear. 
So uh, yeah, we've got we've got the, the tactical advantages that we can move fast. You don't have to order a container load of product and then wait a couple months for it to arrive, and then hopefully hopefully it sells through, or you try to sell it through the you know third party you know uh, discount channels. You know we can know right away whether our product's validated or not. We can put it on our websites. We can see we can reach our customers. We can promote it. We can see what they're into, and we can we can keep going. So so. Evolving your product, always innovating is incredibly important. What today, and not just your product, but your processes, what works today is not necessarily what's going to work tomorrow. So you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to change and you can't fall in love with any particular strategy or product or technique. And so for us, uh, a lot of what we're doing is on the higher end of products. We're looking at with uh, Buddy Rest in particular, we have some new really high quality leather products that are coming out, handcrafted leather beds that have you know, uh, minute touches like, uh, um, you know, fully rubberized bottoms so they don't move around. Number eight, industrial zippers with, uh, you know, special zipper pulls so they don't scratch the floor. Um, adapt a lot fiber so it stays full and it's designed to last 10 to 15 years without flattening. You know, next level memory foam. Uh, you know, we've got a, a mobility layer in these beds that actually help older dogs get in and out of bed. So it's, it's one thing to provide a memory foam surface. Dogs can really benefit from it, but they have to be able to get in and out of it with 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 ease. Otherwise, it's detrimental. And so, like the the little things that go into developing great products, we like to focus our innovation on, and and always trying to make the product better and better and better. And so, you'll see a lot of cool, really high end leather products coming out from us in the next couple of weeks, as well as other products that are designed to help soothe anxiety and allergies, itching, pain, and mobility. That's really what we focus our energy on. Is real problems. Mm. I love it. And I love the insight there on essentially not getting comfortable with your success, but always being wanting to, um, excuse me, always wanting to um, continue to pivot and adapt and produce more and more different things. Uh, we're running out of time. Trevor, I want you to tell me what can people do to, if they want to buy from you, uh, what's the best website for them to go to for that? And then also, um, if people want to just connect with you personally and just to follow what you're doing in the entrepreneurial world, what does it look like for people to do that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you can definitely find our products at buddyrest.com. If you want to look at one of our dog beds or natural doggy, D-O-G-G-I-E.com. If you want to look at our naturally derived products and our CBD. Um, and, you know, the you can find me all over the place, but I like to spend my time on Clubhouse. You can find me at Trevor-1 on Clubhouse if you're on there. LinkedIn, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm available there. I'd love to connect with people. If you need help with any uh, e-commerce related or product development or pet space, or just, you know, if you're struggling to sell products online, you can find uh, you can find me and I'm happy to, to sit down and have a conversation with you. I do have an agency called Compel, uh, and that's compelcommerce.com. Uh, and that's where we do a lot of our next level stuff that helps people, you know, s s move the needle online, whether that's creating 3D assets, doing product photography, virtual product photography, e-commerce optimization strategies. We do it all. And so I'm, I'm definitely very accessible and I'm here to help. You know, one thing you mentioned, uh, I, I'd like to mention is uh, you were just talking about how success, you can't, you can't be comfortable su with success. And it reminds me of this line that I'd like to, I'd love to leave people with that I find uh, something I oftentimes think about. And I don't know where I read it several years back, but it's, it's the concept that success is rented, right? So you rent success. You don't own success. Hmm. Success is rented and you, you must get up every single day to pay your rent. And if you don't, uh, you won't be successful. And so um, I would always uh, encourage people to get up every day, pay that rent, do those little things, uh, even little things that are tedious and, 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 and frustrating 
It's the sum of those that add up every single day uh, that's going to spell your success for you. So definitely do the little things and, and pay that rent because it's due every single day. Um, but yeah, if people want to reach out to me, I'm happy to connect with them. I would love to have a conversation and I really appreciate you having me on. This is an awesome podcast and it's been a pleasure to be part of it. Trevor, thanks for that advice at the end there. That's great. And absolutely. We appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Hey, for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget you need to subscribe or follow the podcast to keep getting good advice wherever you are. And also I'm going to be putting, uh, I'll put Trevor's, uh, clubhouse, uh, name. I'll put his LinkedIn and I'll also put a couple of those websites down in the episode description below in case you want to check those things out. Hey, don't forget that we are on Patreon. If you love the podcast and you want to support the podcast, or if you, even if you want to get your business talked about in the entry reel on our podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash good advice. That's patreon.com slash good advice to find out, info more, find out more information. And as always, we so appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you later. See ya.